Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, June 13th, 2022. Do you like bacon? Of course you do, right? Uh, The better question will be, how do you like your bacon? Personally, I like mine a little bit on the crispier end. But as you maybe reflect, and hey, maybe you're on a Monday morning, you're listening to this podcast while you're eating some bacon. uh, we, We remember that if you look at the Old Testament and you consider the Jewish people, uh, this is not something that they would have been eating. Uh, Pork, uh, meat that came from a pig amongst many other animals, was considered unclean. And they were forbidden to eat uh, those kind of meats. And so when we arrive at our passage today, I know one thing I always think of is, uh, well, I think about bacon because we're reminded in this passage that those laws regarding the clean and unclean foods are, are no longer in effect for believers. And this is not because we've decided, ah, those seem kind of strict. We're not really into that. That's because God has made this clear. Even Something we've already read in the Bible this year, going back to Mark 7, 19, it makes it very clear that Jesus declared all foods clean. And today we come in our New Testament reading to Acts chapter 10. And here we are reminded again that all foods are clean because Peter has this vision And in this vision, there's this sheet that comes down with all of these animals in it. And a voice tells Peter, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, by no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice came to him again, a second time, what God has made clean, do not call common. And this happened three times. Times. And so here he is reminded that all of these foods are clean. But here is the point. If the main takeaway that you're going to get from our reading today is, man, I'm so glad that I can eat whatever I want. You've missed the real point of the passage. Uh, here, as we look at this, God is using food as an illustration of a greater, more important principle. So even though maybe I've got your mind on bacon today, I want you to transfer that into what is the bigger picture that is being presented here. And what we're going to go on to see, the bigger picture is about people. People are more important than food. One more time for the kids in the back. People are more important than food. And the real point of this passage is not about food. It's using food as a picture to teach us something about people. And that even is what Peter learns because he's being invited to go over to the home of a man named Cornelius. Now, what's the problem here? Cornelius is a Gentile. 
And this is not something, again, that Jewish people were uh, supposed to do, even going into their house, right? Ceremonially, that would make them unclean. But Peter, he gets the lesson that God used food to try and teach him. Because when he comes to Cornelius's house, uh, Cornelius actually falls down at his feet and worships him. And Peter says, no, 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 stand up. I am a man. But then he goes on and he tells the people that are gathered there in Cornelius's house in verse 28, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then why you sent for me. So there, Peter gets it. The point of the vision, it was using food, and, and there's a truth about food there. Jesus had declared all foods clean, but the point was people. Don't think that way about people. And he goes and he he shows uh, that he has learned that lesson, and he goes on and delivers the gospel to Cornelius. In verse 34, Peter opened his mouth and said, Truly, I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And then he goes on to get more specific about the truth of Jesus Christ, what Jesus did, how he died, and how he rose again. And now the gospel is going out calling people um, to receive forgiveness through Jesus by believing in him because he is the judge of the living and the dead. And then we see uh, these Gentiles respond with faith and uh, they receive the Holy Spirit. But there you see another key part where it says that God shows no partiality, but anyone uh, who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. And so as we think about that for ourselves, we need to realize sometimes we're still tempted to think in some of those ways today. Now, there was a very, very clear Jew versus Gentile uh, mindset in the first century Israel. That was clearly a big deal in their culture. You are probably not thinking in terms of Jew versus Gentile, but there are always ways, always have been, and until Jesus comes back, always will be, there are ways that human beings are tempted to show partiality towards other people and to look down on other people. And I mean, there's a whole long list of potential ways that people do that. I mean, Jew and Gentile, that's kind of based off nationality or even race. That That's a way people have divided themselves over the years. You also think of James, where it warns people not to look down on someone who comes to your church who is poor uh, while you favor somebody who is rich. So someone's economic background could be a way that you show partiality. Uh, Sometimes it's just even common interests. You show favoritism towards people that are interested in the same things as you. And you look down upon, you think of as common or unclean, the people whose tastes aren't as sophisticated and refined as yours. 
And this is a reminder, all of those divisions are a bunch of garbage, especially when it comes to really evangelism, discipleship, the church. Uh, Those divisions should not be what divide us. And you shouldn't think, ah, that person, he's different from me. I'm not going to evangelize them or, oh, they're coming to church. Who, Who thinks they should be here, right? When it might be somebody who was saved out of you know a different background than you and God is calling us no we're here to think differently so uh, yes you can be thankful for bacon today but don't miss the point and even if you are eating bacon right now uh, be reminded hey that was once considered unclean but now it is acceptable and think of all the people many of you even Gentiles yourselves, I realize, hey, God has opened the door for me. I don't want to close the door to somebody else based off some kind of human fleshly division. Uh, That's not the way that we want to think as Christians. And hopefully Acts chapter 10 has reminded us of that. Uh, Let's go back to the Old Testament now, where today we are reading five different Psalms. And let me just highlight a few of them for us. First, Psalm 25. I mean, this is just such a great prayer. And that's one good thing about the Psalms. Um, the, The Psalms should breathe a lot of life into our prayers. You might hear people talk about this idea of praying the Bible, using the Bible to help you pray, to give you sometimes even the words to say. Well, there's no easier place to do that than the Psalms. And Psalm 25 is just such a great prayer. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. All right. And if you grew up in church like I did, you remember, you know, songs based off of this verse. But there's so many great things in this prayer. Just starting with God, I'm lifting up my soul to you. Verses four and five, he's asking God, would you please teach me your ways? I love verses six and seven, where he asks God, hey, remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. That's something I would hope, and I'm pretty sure all of us can relate to. We should all be able to look at God and say, God, would you please remember your mercy? And God, would you please not remember the sins of my youth? Because we've all got them. We've all got sins of our youth. We've all got sins in our past. And I love that prayer just of, of humility saying, God, remember me according to your mercy. Don't remember me according to to my sin. And and notice that he's not just saying, God, could you overlook my sin and and act like it's not a big deal? This is coupled with saying, God, teach me your way. I want to put the sins of my youth far in the rear view because I want to learn your ways. So may Psalm 25 uh, offer you a template for prayer today. Psalm 36 is another uh, just precious psalm, just a few verses to highlight that I hope encourage you today uh, from that. Uh, Just starting in verse 7, going through verse 9, it says, How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your delights. For with you is the fountain of life in your light. 
do we see light? Uh, What a great uh, just trio of verses highlighting how rich the Christian life is, how good it is to be one of God's people. And I hope those verses remind you of that today. Psalm 39 uh, is a psalm that uh, is another good one where it comes uh, back to suffering, where it comes back to uh, the psalmist here, a psalm of David. He's going through a hard time uh, and he's lifting up his prayer to God and he knows how weak he is. He comes back a couple times to this idea of uh, my life is short. Verse four, oh Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Um, in verse 11, surely all mankind is a mere breath. And then he ends in the last two verses with, hear my prayer, O Lord, and give ear to my cry. Hold not your peace at my tears. For I am a sojourner with you, a guest like all my fathers. Look away from me that I may smile again before I depart and am no more. And that's where some of you may feel like, man, God, you've got me trapped in in a tough place that's that's tough. Would you see my tears? Would you let me smile again? And, and that's where Psalm 39 might give some voice and some words to you to pray today. So take advantage of these Psalms as we kind of bounce back and forth. Uh, last reading, looking at some events in the life of David and the Davidic covenant. Now looking again at some of the Psalms of David, as we continue to go through the life of David, hopefully this informs our own prayers and even also helps us see David not just as this character, but to see the rich spiritual life that he had as well. And I hope that's something that we can emulate. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.